0: Hello, my name is Andrew Wetzel. Welcome to another Real Estate Podcast. I'm a full-time agent with Long & Foster. I'm also a realtor, an associate broker, an ethics instructor, co-chair of professional standards at Tri-County Suburban Realtors, and a mediator. I've been moving buyers and sellers since 1996. Thank you, as always, for taking time to listen. Today's podcast is titled Bright MLS June 2022 Delaware County, Pennsylvania Residential Housing Report. Showing time, using bright multiple listing service statistics, has released their local market insight report for single-family homes in Delaware County, Pennsylvania through June 2022. If you'd like additional information about this or any other county or any specific municipalities in the Delaware Valley, please contact me or visit my website, andrewwetzel.com. I'm only a phone call, an email, or a text away, and I respond promptly to all inquiries. We're halfway through 2022, and the real estate market continues to be affected by the lingering effects of the pandemic, as well as recent economic developments, all of which have added uncertainty to what is generally considered a long-term decision involving our biggest asset and our largest investment. While many of us contend that our present circumstances should not be confused with the bubble we experienced some 15 years ago, it's difficult to really assess what's going on as information ebbs and flows. More about that later. The pandemic caused many sellers to stay off the market dramatically, reducing inventory levels and creating a shortage. While many buyers delayed taking action, The easing of the pandemic released pent-up demand for housing, shifting the supply and demand ratios. In many areas, the result was a huge advantage for sellers. Complicating this were several underlying factors. On the supply side, housing starts are down, complicated by supply chain issues driving up lumber and other costs. A general shortage of existing housing as the number of overall households has been increasing, and a drop-off in foreclosures due to a moratorium that's in the process of changing. Do not be surprised by what may look like a sharp increase in foreclosures as there is a two-year supply. On the demand side, millennial buyers have entered the market looking to buy. In addition, a significant number of investors are buying in bulk, typically with cash and limited contingencies, solely for the purpose of using them as rentals. Those purchases are estimated to consume about 25% of the inventory. Unfortunately, many of these purchases include properties that generally appeal to first-time buyers. The competition for them has driven up prices and prevented many new buyers from becoming homeowners. As long as rental income remains strong, these investors will continue to acquire properties. The irony is twofold. First, Rental income remains strong as many are unable to purchase their homes due to competition. Second, the elevated rental pricing is preventing many from saving for the down payment they need to obtain financing. I'm not sure there's a way to change this in the short term. Interest rates, while still considered historically low, have risen in recent months, putting pressure on monthly payments. While interest rates have not historically suppressed pricing, They can influence selling and buying, which affects supply and demand on local levels. Locally, I am seeing inventory levels increasing, some of which is attributed to sales falling through due to inspection and financing issues. The auction-type environment of recent memory has subsided in many areas, resulting in longer times on the market, buyers being better able to work through the buying process, which should help them with their decision-making. Competition in some areas remains intense. Many sellers and their listing agents remain overly optimistic, as evidenced by a number of dramatic price reductions. Many buyers are refusing to continue the panic buying hysteria that we've been seeing. It appears that, as with the bubble years, many sellers waited too long to try selling, although if they are buying, that may have been in their best interests. From a selling perspective, once again I would remind people not to try to time the market. As always, your experience may differ depending upon your location and how you've personally been impacted by everything that's been going on. As I always say, the decision to buy or sell real estate is a personal one, and the current environment typifies that, as many sellers stay off the market while some buyers still do extraordinary things to beat their competition. As always, this report compares current year-to-date results to one year ago during the same time period. As with all real estate statistics, two things are true. First, the performance within individual zip codes can and will vary significantly from the overall county. Real estate is local and results can vary from neighborhood to neighborhood and even block to block. There is no such thing as a national real estate market any more than there is a national weather forecast. So whether you may be thinking about selling or buying, please contact me for details about your areas of interest. I can provide current information and keep you informed about the evolving market. Deciding whether it's the right time to sell or buy is a personal decision typically involving a number of variables, some of which you can control, some of which you cannot. Data and information can be found in many places with no way to know how accurate they are or what they mean. I can provide the knowledge and insight to help you decide what works for you. My second point is that unfortunately, all real estate statistics involving sold data are stale. This is especially true if you're relying on internet valuation models, which use recorded data rather than up-to-date multiple listing service information. Even then, while a sale may be reported as having settled or closed today, the real question is when was the offer negotiated? Typically, finance sales can take 45 to 60 days to close, so the market today may be different from when the offer was presented and negotiated. This is especially true in changing markets. Up-to-date information, even if not perfect, is important. As far as the statistics, there were 4,419 new for-sale listings through June 2022 compared to 4,802 through June of 2021 Which represents a decrease of 8%. There were 3,538 closed sales through June 2022 compared to 3,699 last year. That's a decrease of 4.4%. The median selling price, meaning half or above and half or below, through June 2022 was an even 295,000 compared to 265,000 through June of 2021, an increase of 11.3%. The decline in the number of newly listed properties impacted the number sold while substantially increasing their selling prices. Real estate is a supply and demand commodity. The number of currently available properties, 649, is slightly below one year ago. That number was 665. It's well above last month, 487, meaning that more houses are coming on the market, as I said earlier. The days on the market, 21 through June 2022, is up. The sold-to-list price ratio, 101.8%, meaning that these houses sold above asking, is down while the month's supply of inventory remains less than one month, which is about the same as a year ago. Again, these numbers can vary throughout the county. The underlying data show a wide range of results in all categories among the 49 different municipalities in Delaware County. The real question is what happens going forward? Generally speaking, low inventory levels in some areas will continue to produce multiple offers, even if not the same auction-type frenzy we've been seeing. In fact, some newer owners are already regretting a hasty decision to get a property under contract. This is amplified in some areas where prices are flat or declining as those trends make reselling costly. The frenzy is over, or at least easing in many areas, which cause many buyers to make offers sight unseen and or waiving property inspections to improve their odds. I appreciate buyers trying to be creative to give themselves an advantage, but combining buying sight unseen and waving inspections is a recipe for disaster. There are not enough pictures, videos, or words that can replace actually walking through a property and regardless of how honest and knowledgeable a seller is, a completed property disclosure, such as we have in Pennsylvania, is not the same as having a skilled inspector looking at the major components of a house. They look for problems with wood infestation, radon, and other situations also that can be unhealthy and or costly to repair. The effects of such creativity, meaning buying site unseen and or without an inspection, do remain to be seen, perhaps taking a number of years, even for new owners Happy with their purchases. I would highly recommend professionals do these inspections on your home in case there are unknown or unseen issues. Problems only get worse and the cost to cure them increase. And frankly, most of these home warranties that buyers ask or sellers offer really provide limited coverage. They're not in business to help you fix up your house, and they certainly don't like to take care of pre existing conditions. So they may be asking for a copy of your inspection report. And I don't know what happens if you don't have an inspection. The simple fact is that real estate, perhaps with the exception of those properties acquired strictly as investments with documented income, properly written leases and paying tenants, is generally not something given its expense and complexity that a typical buyer would want to purchase without an in-person showing, let alone removing the protection of an inspection contingency. Technology, however advanced, has its limitations. The overall economy, despite some people touting specific statistics, has serious issues that will keep some out of the market. Statistics aside, what are you planning to do? Real estate is generally a long-term investment unless you're looking to fix and flip it or planning to move within a short period of time. There are opportunities out there. As with the stock market, it's very difficult to pick the best time to make a move. All you can do is get the best available information, determine what's in your own best interests, and then start the process. As I mentioned earlier, I'm a phone call, email, or text away. Getting started is easy once you take action. If you want or need to sell any type of real estate now or in the future, whether you tried and did not succeed before or you're planning for the first time, It's never too early to start the planning and preparation that you need. Please do not wait for what you think is a better or best time to start. Buyers look all year long and can only see and buy properties that are available to see. Based on the available information is waiting something you would consider. We're going to be heading into the end of summer, the beginning of the fall, and the last usual best time of the year to sell. But even if you're planning to wait until next year, I always encourage people to start thinking about what they're going to do and give me a call in January so we can start planning the process. Obviously, we can't predict what the economy will be like. You can't predict necessarily what will be going on with your own life. But if you're looking to sell next year, you don't want to wait till the calendar says it's spring. You want to get your planning done as early as possible. Again, I thank you for listening to the podcast. And remember, there's no time for inexperience, empty promises, or false expectations. Hire wisely. We are not all the same.